Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Warning. Hey, how the fuck are you? Did you miss me? I know, it's been seven long days. This is Lyric, and I promise you're going to love this edition of Slip Into the Fray. Tonight, our topic is sexy women rock stars. And let's start by listening to Melissa Etheridge talking about the sweet devil having her soul here on Pacific Northwest Radio.
what do you think? Sexy, right? Now that you know how the show is going to roll, I think you should just get comfy, relax, shake off the day, let down your hair, maybe take off your clothes. Yeah, I said, take off your clothes. Like right now, and get sexy with me as I play and talk about sexy women and music here on Pacific Northwest Radio. Tonight I feel so weak, but all in love is fair. I turn the other cheek and I feel the slap and the sting of the foul night air. And I know you're only human, and I ain't got talking room. And tonight, while I'm making excuses, some other woman is making love to you. Wait a minute. So before she came... Oh, you thought she was talking about her guy with some other woman, right? Which is cool. But when I found out what she was talking about, that she was actually gay, this song took on a whole new meaning for me. Really turned me on. No, I'm not gay, but I'm open to possibilities. I've been called tri-gender, or eloquently put, try-anything. Like I said, I'm open. A friend of mine told me, we're all a little gay, which I agree wholeheartedly. And a closer member of my circle said, she didn't know if she was gay, bisexual, or transgender. All she knows, it's the person she falls in love with in other body parts. Another friend said, when asked about a new same-sex love, I'm not coming out as gay, I'm just living my life. Now, that's not what this show is about, but I guess this episode is about my take on women in music and what I find sexy. So I'm digging into my bi side to reveal all. Well, maybe not all. Etheridge is known for her mixture of confessional lyrics, pop-based folk rock, and raspy, smoky vocals. She's an iconic gay and lesbian activist since her public coming out in January 93. Will this aching pass... Will this night be through? Want to hear the breaking glass? I want to feel the steel of the red-hot truth. And I'd do anything to get it out of my mind. I need some insanity of that temporary kind. Tell me how will I ever be the same when I know that woman is whispering your name. On my knees. Melissa's an American rock singer, songwriter, guitarist, and activist. After an unreleased first effort that was rejected by Island Records as being too polished and glossy, her completed, stripped-down, self-titled debut, she put it together in just four days, and it was called Melissa Etheridge, released in 1988. It was an underground hit, and it peaked at 22 on the Billboard 200, and the single, Bring Me Some Water, was a turntable hit. And it actually garnered her her first Grammy Award nomination for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance. She would go on throughout her career to be nominated for 15 awards and winning two in 93 and 95. At the time of the album's release, it was not generally known that Etheridge was a lesbian. While on the road promoting the album, she paused in Memphis to be interviewed for radio syndication Pulse Beat, Voice of the Heartland, explaining the intensity of her music by saying, People think I'm really sad or really angry, but my songs are written about the conflicts I have. I have no anger towards anyone else. She invited the radio syndication producer to attend her concert that night. He did, and was surprised to find himself one of the few men in attendance. Uh, That should have been a big clue, right? What's going on here? On a side note, and this shows how stupid the industry can be, in 95, prior to her signing, Etheridge sent her demo to Olivia Records, a lesbian record label, but was ultimately rejected. She saved the rejection letter signed by the women of Olivia, which was later featured in an intimate portrait, Melissa Etheridge, the lifetime television documentary of her life. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like when I started out, I've actually saved all my rejection letters. 
I still get them, but now I recycle them. And I'm sure Olivia kicked themselves in the ass over that one. Next up is Darby Mills, and she wants us to feel her body here on Pacific Northwest Radio. Hit up, my
Yeah. Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to my Sexy Women Rockstar edition. You're listening to Pacific Northwest Radio. This is Slip Into the Fray, and I am Lyric. Darby Mills, I bow down to you. You, in my humble opinion, are one of the greatest female rock stars on the planet. Funny, growing up, I always leaned towards loving hard rock voices and really wanted to be able to sing with that tough edge on my voice, but that didn't happen. It's just not in my voice to do that, so I, I live vicariously through singers like Darby. You touch every inch of me. You drive me right out of my mind. Your love's so high I can't resist. You give me, mmm, the dose every time. You let me do everything. Ain't nothing I won't do for you. I can feel ya. Feel you coming for me. Now can you feel it too? Feel my body. You're the only one that does me. Mm-hmm. I did some research as I didn't know much about Darby in her years before the headpins and found some really fun reading on her dot-com site. This is from her. My first band, grade 10, The Journey Begins. There I was standing in the bedroom of a high school buddy. His band focused on rehearsal for an upcoming show. They were playing Crazy on You by heart. The band had stopped at one point because I was standing there giggling at what I was witnessing. What? remarked the drummer. A guy can't sing hard, I replied. Richard the drummer, my buddy, promptly picked up the album cover which contained the lyrics and threw it at me. With a smirk on his face, he said, Then you sing it. So I did. I worked that next show, and I guess you can say, I never looked back. Darby joined the Headpins in 1981, quickly building a fan base. They released their debut album, Turn It Loud, in 82, which quickly went platinum and topped the charts for six weeks, with the hit single, Don't It Make You Feel. Their second release, Line of Fire, was another multi-platinum success and included the hits Just One More Time and Feel My Body, resulting in the band touring in Europe with White Snake at the beginning of 84. Mills received much attention and won accolades with fans' polls, voting her the best singer. In 1985, the Headpins toured with many acts such as Kiss, Eddie Money, and ZZ Top. The band was in the middle of recording their third album, Head Over Heels, when their record company went bankrupt. Now this is kind of funny. They were part of the ZZ Top's Afterburner tour and were slated to go down to the U.S. Eastern Seaboard with the band. ZZ Top didn't like the attention that the opening act was getting, and the Headpins were told not to do an encore number. As it turns out, McLeod decided not to listen, and they were removed from the bill. On Darby's.com site, she talks about all her bands that she's played in and the journey that led her to a phone call by McLeod asking her if she'd like to join the Headpins her departure in 86 to kick off her solo career, and then later rejoining the Headpins. But the most exciting news of all, Darby is currently embarking on her new solo career. That's really taking off like a bullet out of a smoking gun. Darby is one of Canada's original rock vocal icons, and her band now consists of Ricky Renoff, Randy Gable, Ed Cliff, and Doug Rasmussen. Check her new website out for upcoming shows. So Darby, you sexy rock star, thank you for all your growls and your trills over the years. Looking forward to this next part of your journey. Sexy things about women and pink sings about stupid girls when we come back here on Sexy Women Rock on Pacific Northwest Radio. Hey, this is Mark Gladstone, and I'll be your guide back to the days of real radio every Sunday night at 9 p.m., Listen in to green beans, mushroom soup, and strawberry ice cream on Pacific Northwest Radio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Stupid girls, stupid girls. Hey, sexy men and women listening to the show tonight. If you just tuned in, this is Lyric, and you're listening to Sexy Women Rock Stars here on Pacific Northwest Radio. We just listened to Pink's Stupid Girls. Pink, it's my new obsession. Pink, it's not even a question. Pink on the lips of your lover, because pink is the love you discover. Pink, it was love at first sight. Pink, when I turn out the light, and pink gets me high as a kite, and I think everything is going to be all right no matter what we do tonight. I want to be your lover. I want to wrap you in rubber. As pink as the sheets that we lay on, pink's my new favorite crayon. Oh, hang on. Wait a minute. Sorry. Oh, I kind of got confused. I got wrapped in the essence of that sexy motherfucker pink and I was I was doing another song from Aerosmith actually. <sighs> Pink has never been afraid to speak her mind, bare her soul, and share her deepest feelings in her songs. 
as she casually confers, I have no choice, it's what I do. Indeed, it is what Pink does. And her 23 million in album sales, two Grammy Awards, five MTV Music Awards, and eight top 10 singles are proof that the tattooed badass with the heart of a pussycat does what she wants. Maybe if I act like that, that guy will call me back. Porno paparazzi girl, I don't want to be a stupid girl. Maybe if I act like that, flipping my blonde hair back, push my bra up like that, I don't want to be a stupid girl. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think I like this? Like this? Like this? Pretty, will you fuck me, girl? Silly, I'm so lucky, girl. Pull my head and suck it, girl. Stupid girl. I don't want to be a stupid girl. The video for this song is really fun. One scene in particular, Pink is washing a car and really making fun of all the girls that do that for real in a video. She's falling off the car, she slips on the soap, she's like rubbing soap all over her boobs, and it's actually quite hot. <laughs> Other scenes in the video have her making fun of girls that make sex tapes. Worrying about their small boobs, she's trying to push her boobs up and you know make them look bigger and stuff. So all trying to get the point across that girls, you don't have to act slutty to get ahead in life. Be sexy, be smart, but don't be that girl in the bikini selling a car, you know? What do you think about girls that, that act like that, though, that try and, you know, they, like, say in the music industry, because you are in the industry, so girls that, I mean, you can be sexy, but when they try and really, you know, like, they're half naked, you know, they're doing the soapy car commercial, whatever, video. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Spoken like a true guy. Stupid Girls is the number one single from her third studio album, I'm Not Dead. And the song introduces a more provocative, feminist, and explicit side of Pink. It lyrically condemns sexism and motivates intelligence in women. See? Cool. Okay. <laughs> the song was well-received by critics for its sound and its lyrical content, and that it was sexy. Due to the lyrical content, Zomba label group was reluctant to release the song as the first single until finally the official saw the music video for the song and decided to release the music video first before soliciting the track to radio markets. According to Zomba, over 8 million people downloaded the video immediately. Well, I don't blame them. You have to check it out. And after it was available online, right? But also... Then they went online to download the audio from the video in order to get it on radio. Now it's time to justify my love here on Pacific Northwest Radio. So now. 
Content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, you sexy bitches. It's Lyric, and you're listening to Slip Into the Fray here on Pacific Northwest Radio. It's Thursday night, and I play what I want to play, and I'm saying what I want to say. Hopefully you're digging it. And if you're not, that's okay. Tonight we're talking about sexy women rock stars and other sexy stuff. And guys, I hope you're listening too. I'm sure you may have pulled off a few thinking about some of these hot women and how they make you horny. Fuck, they make me horny, especially Madonna. Madonna said in Truth or Dare, I know I'm not the best singer, and I know I'm not the best dancer, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in pushing people's buttons, in being provocative, in being political. Let's say China. Madonna has always been a trendsetter and a creator of media hysteria. She does this using imagery, sound, her voice, her body, and pushing her sexuality to the limit. Her gift for making spectacles is obvious, not just from her videos and performances. She's a multimedia onslaught of sensation. In 92, she released a CD, Erotica, a book, Sex, followed by a movie, Body of Evidence, all which dealt in some way with the power of sexual fantasies. The fact that Sex, which sold 1.5 million copies worldwide, was lampooned by critics and body of evidence bombed both critically and commercially hardly matters. The publicity and controversy generated by these multi-efforts push buttons. Madonna's goal? Jacked up her fame another notch. Because to get noticed, you have to think outside of the box. And that's exactly what we did with my band Head's CD, Afraid to Sleep. Afraid to Sleep is an industrial rock opera that takes the listener on a myriad of dark emotions through the life of a woman named Alberta, which coincidentally is my middle name. And many of the stories turned into songs are based around some of my crazy fucking life experiences. So we have a concept album, which really kicks ass, and songs, and great production. Anyways, I digress. For the first big chunk of her career, Madonna's goal was to give women the opportunity to express themselves. Come on, girls! It's really important to me, she said, that people look at life differently. She once said, women can seduce and women can have sexual fantasies. 
Of course, being an object of male desire has historically meant being an object, powerless and passive, which is why some feminists chastised Madonna early on for what they felt was a message to young women that they shouldn't use their bodies, rather they should use their minds. But Madonna's intent was to turn this equation on its head, to urge women and girls not just to own their sexuality, but to revel in it, wield it, to be empowered by it rather than weakened. Justify My Love is a trip-hop inspired song with mid-tempo settings and instrumentation. The lyrics of the song are primarily about sex and romance. The song was written by Lenny Kravitz and Ingrid Chavez, with additional lyrics by Madonna. Chavez was not credited on the song, which led to a lawsuit against Kravitz. That really sucks. I can't even believe that. Chavez settled out of court and the terms which included a songwriting credit. The music video portrays Madonna as a woman walking in a hotel hallway, looking distressed and tired from work, until being seduced into having sex with a mysterious man and woman. It caused so much controversy worldwide due to its explicit sexual images and was banned from MTV and other TV networks. The video, which contained imagery of sadomasochism, voyeurism, and bisexuality, is there anything wrong with that? No. No, I know. Love her or hate her, Madonna still has a lot more shock to come, I hope. Amy Lee, you sexy rock goddess, bring me to life on Pacific Northwest Radio.
God, I love her voice. She's so powerful, that woman. Hey, I'm back. It's Lyric, and you're listening to Slip Into the Fray on Pacific Northwest Radio. In case you just tuned in, we're talking about sexy women rock stars. Hey, why don't you write to me right now? I'm sitting here at the computer. You can chat with me. Just come to our Facebook page, and uh, you can tell me what you're thinking about the show and if there's anything else you'd like me to talk about in the next upcoming shows. So bring me to life, according to Amy Lee, has several meanings. The first being an incident at a restaurant. During an interview from a tour stop in Tulsa where she told the Boston Phoenix, I was inspired to write it when someone said something to me. I didn't know him, and I thought he might be clairvoyant or something. I was in a relationship at the time, and I was completely unhappy, but I was hiding it. And I was completely abused, and I was trying to cover it up. I wouldn't even admit it to myself. So then I had spoken maybe 10 or 15 words to this guy who was a friend of a friend, and we were waiting for everybody else to show up. And we went into a restaurant and got a table, and he looked at me and he said, are you happy? And I felt my heart leap, and I was like, oh my God, he totally knows what I'm thinking. And I lied, and I said I was fine. Anyways, he's not clairvoyant. He is a sociology major. Open-mindedness, it's about waking up to things that you've been missing for so long. One day someone said something that made my heart race for a second, and I realized that for months I'd been numb, just kind of going through the motions of life. And during an interview with Blender, Lee claimed that she actually wrote the song Bring Me to Life about her longtime friend Josh Hartzler, whom she married in 2007. On the sex appeal front, Amy doesn't buy into the more mainstream notions of sexiness. She refuses to tart herself up or show a lot of skin just to draw attention to herself, like some other singers do, she says. Such antics are tragic and sad. You're right, Amy, you don't have to show skin to be sexy. I find Amy extremely sexy. The range in her voice, the way she can soften it or bring out all her powerful, sweeping story vocals. That's pretty sexy. So I thought this would be fun. What do people consider sexy in a woman? Do you have anything that you just throw out there? What do you find sexy, like the first thing you can think of? Um, No tan. No tan. Okay, so do you like just the total one look, like the creamy skin look? Yeah, the whiter the better. The whiter the better, okay. So when I Googled this, this is what I found. There's something about a woman who is comfortable enough to be playful, flirty, and not worry that she's risking her reputation. Please don't confuse playfulness with silliness though. Silly women who are clowning for attention are vexing. In fact, it was suggested that playfulness is a great sign of maturity, a woman who loves life and isn't ashamed to show it. So that's one point. Being affectionate. People love affection. We crave and need it. So a woman who understands us and gives affection freely is very sexy. Cool. You like that? Mm -hmm. She's willing to bend the rules. So a woman who has rules, respects her rules, but can still say, this weekend the rules don't matter, is very sexy. It's that partner in crime mentality that people find irresistible. She's willing to set aside her fear. So it's about being fearless that people find sexy. It's having the fear. It's okay to have the fear. Feel the fear. But saying, I'm going to set this aside and go forward anyways. So that woman's really sexy. She's truly living life. So... You know, say if you wanted to go on a date and um, say you were at the top of a mountain and you wanted to do that bungee cord jumping thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't? (laughs) Thank God, because there's no way 
that's one thing. Like, I don't do heights. I would not jump off something like that. And I don't do spiders either. Right. So if you, if we were on a date or something and you had a spider and you're like, do you want to hold my spider? I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Spiders. Yeah, well, that's kind of, it's just a little a story that I'm going to throw in just off the top here. I have a spider that lives in my parkade. And every day, this fucking spider is attached to my car and the ceiling. And it's huge. And so one day, one of the guys that lives in my complex actually tried to bat the spider, but, you know, he missed. He was trying to be, you know, save me. But he missed, and the spider ran up. So anyways, weeks later, the spider is still building a fucking nest right on top of my car. So this morning... I saw the spider. I'm like, okay, this is the end, spider. And every day I'd say to it, you know, why are you doing it? I'm going to wreck your web. Why are you doing that? I wreck the web. I come home. It's not there. Then in the morning, it's there. So anyways, this morning, I grab my club and I pull it out as far as I can. And I like knock the spider off. And I see it's on the ground. It's fumbling. I didn't want to kill it, but it's, you know, it's fumbling around. And so then I take this little stick thing and I flick it. And I couldn't find it. I wanted to throw it out over the fence, but I couldn't find oh. it. So now the spider is going to be back again. I know it. Unless you killed it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to kill that spider. I'm going to kill it next time. But anyways, getting back to what people find sexy, because that whole scene is not very sexy. But okay, she's a great kisser. Everybody considers themselves putty in the hands of a woman who knows how to give a great kiss. It can take a woman's sex appeal from 0 to 10 to 30 seconds. So that's really good. So kissing is one of my favorite things to do. And I'm going to sit here and think about that while we listen to Gwen Stefani here on Pacific Northwest Radio. Where'd you go? I got so used to being around you, boy. I'm trying not to care, but where'd you go? I'm doing my best to be sensible. I'm trying not to care, but you like drugs, you like drugs to me, I'm so in, do you totally, you like drugs, you like drugs to me, drugs to me, so put me out of my misery, hurry up, come see me, put me out of my misery, hurry up, come see me, enough, enough of this suffering, hurry up, come see me,
Warning, explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Aw, poor Gwen's in misery. Hey, kids. Shit. I hope the kids aren't listening to this. It's Lyric, and I've been playing Sexy Chicks here tonight on this edition of Sexy Women Rock Stars on Pacific Northwest Radio. Gwen Stefani, hello, Hollaback Girl. By the way, that song, in her words, was from her Silly Dance album in response to Courtney Love's statement that Stefani was a cheerleader in an interview with Seventeen. Gwen's brother Eric introduced Gwen to two-tone music in 86, and he invited her to provide vocals for No Doubt, a ska band he was putting together. Finally, in 91, the band was signed to Interscope Records. The band released its self-titled debut album in 92, but its ska pop sound was unsuccessful due to the popularity of grunge at the time. Stefani rejected the aggressiveness of female grunge artists and cited Blondie singer Deborah Harry's combination of power and sex appeal as a major influence and maybe a bit of cheerleader. (laughs) Type in her name in Google and put sexy beside it and these are the kind of posts that you're going to get. Hot singer Gwen Stefani will shock you after you see this. Hot Gwen Stefani spent a vacation jetting around Europe in her sexy new bikini with her family before she returned home to London after the weekend. Gwen Stefani flaunts her abs and cleavage in sexy sheer outfit. You're like drugs, you're like drugs to me. Put me out of my misery. From her third album, This Is What The Truth Feels Like in 2016, the lyrics describe a lover who has started a relationship and is confused over what to think about it. That sounds pretty simple. Critics actually draw a comparison to Stefani's romantic life with Blake Shelton. Looking a little deeper into Google, Gwen Stefani, 46, did not disappoint fans as she took to the stage in a sheer sexy bodysuit for a performance of her new song, Misery. So everything I googled, it, it wasn't coming up with her songs. It was about sexy her this, sexy her that. And that's okay. Last but not least, Gwen isn't just famous for her being a talented singer and fashion designer. She's also well known for her sexy washboard abs. Nice. So Gwen at 46, you're super sexy. Everyone hot yet? These sexy women have the studio heated up, that's for sure. What do you think? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you like the women? You like the chicks? Yeah. You like these hot girls we're talking about? Especially Madonna and Gwen, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the blonde thing, I think, with you, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Maybe, uh-huh. Oh, Kesha's pretty hot. She's kind of blonde, isn't she? Who's your favorite sexy rock star, female rock star? Can you think of somebody? I know you just mentioned those two, but if you had to think of some sexy woman rock star. Hmm. I think I'm going to pick... Jeez, so many. I'm going to pick... uh, Alana Miles. Okay, and she's not blonde. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Okay, so talking about brunettes, that's a nice kind of interlude to this next segment. We're going to be talking about Amy Winehouse next on Pacific Northwest Radio.
Merrick here. Slip into the fray on Pacific Northwest Radio. We're talking about sexy women rock stars. Upstairs in bed with my ex-boy. He's in a place, but I can't get joy. Thinking on you in the final throws, this is when my buzzer goes. I cheated myself like I knew I would. I told you I was trouble. You know that I'm no good. Winehouse's public image of critical and commercial success versus personal turmoil proved to be controversial. The new statesman called Winehouse a filthy mouth, down-to-earth diva. While Newsweek called her a perfect storm of sex kitten, raw talent, and poor impulse control. (laughs) Karen Heller with the Philadelphia Inquirer summarized this way. She's only 24 with six Grammy nominations, crushing headfirst into success and despair with a codependent husband in jail, exhibitionist parents with questionable judgment, and the paparazzi documenting her emotional and physical distress. Meanwhile, a haute designer called Langerfield appropriates her disheveled style and eating issues to market her to the elite while proclaiming her the new Bardot. Lady Gaga credited Winehouse with paving the way for her rise to the top of the charts, which is very cool, explaining that Winehouse made it easier for unconventional women to have mainstream pop success. Sadly, Amy died in 2011 with a verdict of misadventure. The report released in October 2011 explained that Winehouse's blood alcohol content was 0.41 at the time of her death, more than five times the legal drink-drive limit. Uh, That's crazy. uh, Holy. I know. According to the coroner, the unintended consequence of such potentially fatal levels were her sudden death. Well, yeah, no shit. Mm -hmm. It's like... Yeah, pretty easy to figure out. The simple fact is, fame killed Amy Winehouse, as did her crushing lack of self-worth. Fame's role began to blow her disconnect up as big as billboards into Day dots, until all she could see was the chasms in between her substance. And the raging fire of addiction did the rest. Poor Amy. Certainly not a very sexy way to go, but we will always remember her mixing Betty Page with Bridget Bardot and adding that little bit of Ronnie Spector for her sexy, bold red lipstick, thick eyebrows, beehive weave, and heavy eyeliner, and above all, a voice that makes you stop dead in your tracks and makes you a believer. When we come back, I'm going to throw some queer at you on Pacific Northwest Radio. The queerest of the queer. Done. Do, 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 do. We learn to 
do. I love garbage. Hey, this is Lyric here on Pacific Northwest Radio. Slipping at the fray, and tonight we've been talking about and playing sexy women rock stars. And I'm a little breathless right now, just having played Shirley Manson from Garbage is Queer. From her lyrics to her life, garbage front woman Shirley Manson is known for being strong, sexy, and not afraid to speak her mind. That's why the gorgeous Scottish-born rocker agreed to step in front of the camera to show consumers what the fashion industry doesn't want you to see. Now, if you're really offended by this, I'm sorry, but honestly, when I saw the picture, I was like, fuck yeah, right on, Shirley. So there's a picture of her in a beautiful gown, and there's a bloody, lifeless body of an animal that she's holding that was either drowned, beaten to death, gassed, electrocuted, or even skinned alive for their fur. So she's holding this bloodied animal of a skin fox, and she tells fur wearers, here's the rest of your fur coat. Isn't that great? Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. Oh, man, it's it's so good. So it's in PETA's new hard-hitting any fur ad. So good on you, Shirley, and thank you for that. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm a vegetarian. I don't wear anything that comes from an animal. And I think people need to see stuff like that. So although not sexy, I just thought I wanted to throw that out too, so... One poll in England considered Shirley the most shaggable babe. Wow. That's pretty cool. In fact, Shirley shrinks at the idea of being considered sexy because before she was famous, all anybody would say to her was that she was too skinny and too pale. But you'd probably like that. That's that's okay. <laughs> Queer is a song written and produced by Garbage for the band's self-titled debut album. The song started as a demo during sessions between band members, and it actually had the composition finished after singer Shirley joined the band. Manson rewrote the sexualized lyrics to be more ambiguous and rearranged the song into a subdued trip-hop and cross-over rock structure. The song quickly became a modern rock success for the fledging band with positive reviews from music journalists, and it became their first top 20 hit in both UK singles and Billboard's Hot Rock chart. So that's pretty cool. Now, the music video for Queer was directed by, now I hope that I'm saying this right, and pardon me if I'm not, Stéphane Sednoui. Sounds beautiful. Uh, for Propaganda Films, and was filmed in July 1995. And the concept was developed from Sednoui's own personal experience as being shredded into pieces by a beautiful woman. Have you ever been shredded into pieces by a beautiful woman? No, but maybe Rihanna would be good for that. You would like Rihanna to shred you into pieces? Yeah. Okay, that's a whole other show. (laughs) Um, The black and white storyline of the video saw a young male's first-person perspective of exiting an elevator onto an L.A. street and meeting Manson. She coyly entices him to follow her to her home, where the men from Garbage are waiting. Now, this is where my fantasy comes in, so she's dragging some guy in and there's a whole bunch of other guys waiting. <laughs> they detain him inside, forcing him onto the second level of the house where Manson throws him to the floor, <clears throat> strips him of his clothing, and blinds him with a gaffer tape cover. It's pretty cool. He recovers to find Manson shaving his head. That's that's okay. Before she drags him outside by his legs. He is then strangely happy and in full color, leaving the street. We have a lot in common, Shirley. On that note, I want to end the night by taking a Cosmo quiz for what kind of sexy are you? So 
So if you if you want to do it with me, you can. So go to cosmopolitan.com backslash sexy and what kind of you know sexy are you? And we're gonna do this together. So let's see how this ends up. So if you're there and then you just hit play game. So it's your guy's birthday. What are you getting him? Some tasteful nude paired with an invite to come to your place. You've got to surprise to show him. Or that terrible movie you watched on your first date that's kind of your inside joke. Or a customized mixtape of your favorite songs together paired with his favorite dessert. So you gotta choose one. So I'm gonna choose some tasteful nudes paired with an invite to come to your place. Next is you're out with guys and you spot a cute guy eyeing you. So you walk over and strike up a conversation. That's your best quality. Make eye contact and smile sweetly because you've always been about subtle. Wink and motion him to come over. Your body will say the rest. So I'm going to choose wink and motion him to come over. When you're talking to a cute guy, you, you don't do cute. You'd rather make deep eye contact with a sensual brush on the shoulder or two or three or four times instead. You twirl a lock of your hair because it's so flawless. Or you give him a playful jab with a laugh. So I'm going to do, you don't do cute. You'd rather have the deep eye contact with sexual brush on his shoulder. What bra is your spirit animal? So a black lace, so it's kind of like that BDSM piece. Um, a pastel baby doll set. It sounds a little boring. Or a white plain bra. Now, which would you choose? Well, leopard print. Leopard print? have it there. <laughs> well, I'm going to do the uh, elaborate borderline BDSM piece because that's how I roll. So, what celebrity knows your soul? T Swift, J Law, or Scar Joe? And I'm gonna say J Law. What's your dream date? So, forget the date. What happens in the bedroom is really what makes a night unforgettable. Oh, a candlelight dinner you cook together with a romantic stroll, a night spent under the stars. Or dream dates are overrated. Watching the game together works just fine. I'm gonna say what happens in the bedroom is really what makes the night. Real question, what's your favorite part of sex? So the pillow talk afterwards, you like feeling close, foreplay, the hotter the better, or seriously, the sex itself in multiple rounds. What should you choose there? Um, three. You would do seriously the sex itself. I'm going to say foreplay, the hotter the better. Okay, so you're going to a party. What do you wear? Skinny jeans and a silk blouse with heels, a bodycon dress, duh, and little under it, or a very cute sundress and flat. So if you were taking a girl out, what would you like her to wear? What's a bodycon? It's a really tight kind of fitting. That works. Okay, that's what I would say too. So that's just the last 
time it didn't really work with a guy, what honestly happened? So he just never got how much you liked him because you were too shy. He said he didn't have an emotional connection with you despite, you know, a lot of physical, or he saw you as one of the boys. So this is kind of a hard one for me because being in a band, a lot of times I'm with a lot of men. And so I feel like one of the guys sometimes. Um, and the others don't really connect with me. So I'm going to say he saw you as one of the boys. What's your sexual fantasy? So getting it on while his parents aren't looking during the next holiday bash. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> Acting out that kiss from the notebook or the Mile High Club. So I'm going to let you, what would you say? Um, getting it on while well, parents aren't looking. <laughs> you know, I like that. My parents are both gone, so I'm going to say the Mile High Club. Okay, it's calculating. Calculating. Bombshell sexy. That's what I am. So I am the textbook, Baba Boom Sexy. And I should be proud of it, apparently. So I own my physicality, and um, you know, it's uh, I'm a big turn on. I'm supposed to be channeling Angelina and embracing my confidence. Nothing scares me in the bedroom or out, and uh, it makes my love life red hot. And those are all true. That looks like Julian Anderson. It does actually, yeah. It's definitely not Angela. I think it's just maybe the girl who did the survey before me. Because hmm. if, <laughs> if we were doing sexy movie people, Gillian Anderson would be one of them. Okay, because you are a huge X-Files fan. So you know what, I'm going to do actually a show on X-Files, I think. And she doesn't have any tan either. She doesn't have a tan, how do you know? She's very fair-skinned. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that for later. <laughs> well, that was fun, and that's it for me. This has been another edition of Slip Into the Fray on Pacific Northwest Radio where I say what I want to say and I play what I want to play. Thank you for listening. And I'd love to hear from you. Please give me a shout on our Facebook Pacific Northwest radio page, or you can email me lyric underscore J at shaw.ca. Melissa, Darby, Pink, Madonna, Amy Lee, Amy Winehouse, Gwen, Shirley, thank you for being so damn sexy with your voice and the whole package. We love you. I love sexy. Sexy is so many things. You can go and find your sexy and shout it to the world. Find your James Bond confidence. Practice being naked. Dress up. Stand tall. Be in love with your life. Express yourself. Now go do it. The show's over. And like Justin says, I'm bringing sexy back. Them other fuckers don't know how to act. Come on, let me make up for the things you lack because you're burning up and I got to get it fast. Till next time, peace out. Peace out.